0: If you guys can turn the lights up now, that'd be great. I want to take your seats. If for those of you who are here for the first time and don't know who I am, I'm Greg McCormick. I'm the pastor here at Change Point Northeast Anchorage. Hey, kids. Uh, no, I mean, really, I mean, you guys don't have to say hi like adults would say hi in church, all right? And I say, hey, kids, you guys, this is your opportunity for the first time in a church service to scream like you've lost your minds, all right? So when I say hi, kids, you guys go, hi, Pastor Greg, as long as you can. All right, you ready? Hi, kids. Hi, Pastor Greg. That's right. That's great. And you didn't say nothing on it, Jill, no, Jill. That's okay. I'll get to you for the end of the service. Anyway, hey, you know, today we're starting a brand-new series in the book of Philippians that I've titled Life Poured Out. And today's a family service, as you can tell. And so what I've done is I've 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 centered this message around the young kids today, all right? But now, adults, don't tune me out because there's something in it for you, too, as well, all right? So if you have your Bibles, I want you to join me in Philippians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, all right? Now, for those of you who don't, well, first of all, how many of you bought your Bibles in here? All right, good. All right, good. So Got some kids in here that got their Bibles, all right? For those of you who don't have Bibles, you younger kids, make your mom and dad go to the store and buy you, like, real expensive leather-bound Bibles. Yes. Yes. And the parents are like, oh, Pastor Gray. Yes, you do. So, I want to start off our time today. And and this is going to be a a quick service because I know kids kind of, you know, kids are kids, right? So, it's going to be a quick message. So, I need you to listen to me. All right? Did you know that you listen, you hear with your ears, but you listen with your eyes? So if you're not looking at me, then I don't think that you're listening to me. All right? So I want you to listen to me today with your eyes. Okay? Okay? Now, I'm going to start our story off today, or our message today, by telling you a story. I think it's a real cool story. It's it's a story of two girls' softball teams, all right? And so these two teams, they were rivals against each other. You know what a rival is? A rival is, when you have a rival game, it means that if you don't beat anybody else that you play, you want to beat this team, right? It's a rivalry game. So now we're at the end of the game, and it's tied, and it's the last inning. And the pitcher's standing up on the mound, and, and he's, got, he's got the ball. She's got the ball in her hand like this, and she's mean-mugging the batter. She's looking at him like this. And I think it's fast-pitch softball, so I think what happens is she winds up like this, and she throws, strike one. Winds up again. This is a spitting section, by the way, just so I didn't know if you knew that. Right. Strike two. So now she's like, I got this batter, right? So the batter, she's in the box, she's you know, she's getting ready, and, and she throws that last and final pitch. Crack. Ball goes sailing over the fence. And the, her team just started screaming, ah, we won, we won, we won, we won. Because it's their, rivalry, their rival, right? But what they failed to see is that the girl that hit the ball over the fence, she swung with all of her might. And when she swung, she spun around and she landed on the ground and she twisted her ankle. And so she's laying there on the ground, holding her ankle, just, just, just in agony and pain. So, in softball rules, if you hit the ball over the fence, you have to be the person to run the bases. You got to go from first base to second base to third base to home. And you have to do it on your own, Right? And so she can't run. She can even barely walk. So she starts to crawl around the bases. Something powerful happens in that moment. Two girls from the opposing softball team. Now, keep in mind, they're rivals, right? They're about to lose. They're about to grasp the thing that they want. They're about to beat their rival team. But instead of it being about what they wanted, they looked down and they saw that little helpless girl in her time of need. And two of those girls reached down, picked her up, and carried her around to each base, touching each base, knowing that the outcome would be that they would lose the game. You know, in, in, a, in a lot of ways, this story reminds me of the example that Jesus Christ set for us. The Bible tells us that Jesus loved us so much that he sacrificed everything on our behalf. The Apostle Paul wrote about that. How many of you know who the Apostle Paul is? Let me, let me see your hands. Okay. Let me tell you about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul is a guy that wrote a whole lot of the New Testament, right? And the Apostle Paul wrote about the love of Jesus Christ to a church, much like this church, in a city, much like the city that we're in, called Philippi. And now, now that letter that he wrote to that church to encourage them is now in your Bible. We know it as the book of Philippians. Okay, and so that's what we're going to turn today. We're going to turn to the book of Philippians, and we're going to look at what the apostle Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. All right, and this is what he said. He starts off in verse 1 of chapter 2, and he says, listen to me. Listen to me. If there's anything I want you to hear, I want you to hear this. And that is with the same love and the same mind that Jesus Christ loved me with, I want you to have that same love and that same mind of love for others around you. All right? And then this is what he wrote. Pick up in verse 3. He says, do nothing from rivalry or from conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each one of you look not only on his own interest, but also on the interest of others. Look at the interest of others. Look on the interest of others. Everybody say others. Now I know you're listening to me. All right. He says, look on the interest of others. And then he says this now. He says, have this mind amongst yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus. How many of you love Jesus? Let me see your hands. Right. Right. He says, have this same mind that is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Right there in his hands. And he said, it's not what's important to me right now. Okay? But, He made himself nothing, taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in the human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Listen to me. Listen to me. Verse 7 says that he emptied himself. He emptied himself. In other words, Jesus was full of the presence of God. But he said, it's not about me. I'll tell you what it's about. It's about me giving my life away, pouring my life out, pouring my life out, and pouring my life out until I have absolutely nothing. I've given everything. And Paul tells us, this apostle Paul, he says, that's the same mind that I want you to have. I want you to look at someone who needs something more than you, and if you've got something to give them, I want you to give it to them. I want you who say that you love Jesus To be the light of Jesus in your school and on your baseball teams and on your football teams. To those who don't know Jesus, they might see Jesus in you as you pour out your life, as you tell them about Jesus. And that's what Paul wants us to get. So now here's the question. How much are you willing to give of yourself? That's the question. It's a rhetorical question, grandson. Rhetorical means um, you don't have to give me an answer. So I can kind of pick on him because he's my grandson. (laughs) And trust me, I will get it back exponentially. How much are you willing to give? Are you willing to love someone so much that you're willing to sacrifice the very thing that you want? That's right in your grasp. I have it in my hands. But you see someone that needs it more than you, and so you give it away. You pour your life out in that way. Jesus may just be asking you to do that. And he says, if you really want to be like Jesus, that's what he wants us to do. And listen, when we do what Jesus says, and Jose, you can bring your team up, that's a sign that we love him with all of our heart. That's a sign that we love him with everything on the inside of us that we're willing to do exactly what he's done. Now, I think that's a reason to pray. Don't you? Pray that we have Jesus that way in our hearts. So we... we, Everywhere we go, people can see Jesus in us. Isn't that something that you want in your life? Isn't that something you want in your life? Yeah. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I I really want to do what Jesus wants me to do. And I want to be who he wants me to be. And I want to pour my life out. I want to empty my life out on behalf of someone who might be helpless or less fortunate than me. And I know that that's not always easy to do. So will you help me? Will you help me to be like you and show your love in a very humble way? And if you do, I will step into those moments and I will demonstrate your love in the life of others. We pray those things in Jesus' name. And everybody said...